Virginia, good to see you. It is good to see all of y'all. It is good to see all of you guys. I've got on YouTube. We got Texas, man. Texas strong. I see I got Texas all up in here. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. I, You know, I love this time. I enjoy this time. Every morning when we come together, now that you see people from different time zones, for some of you, it's lunchtime. For some of you, it's breakfast. If you notice that my head is swiveling all over the place, it's because I've got screens all over the place. You should see, I should take a picture of this. I should do a YouTube video of what my desk looks like now because of you guys, because of your support, because of you guys, all this is possible. Um, we're doing the read and rant because of you guys. We are, have been able to do it from this platform because of you guys. We have a podcast now, the read and rant podcast because of your support. So all the patient, thank you, Tammy. Oh, I forgot to shout out my discord family. I got my discord family in here as well. I forgot. I was, didn't even call you guys out. You guys are like the most awesome people in the world. Um, if you, if you're not on discord, I want to, I want to encourage you right now. Okay. Just, just jump out and jump back in. Okay. I won't start right away yet. Jump out, jump back in, join our discord community. Okay. It's discord.gg slash Opus Frere. Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. I hope the audio isn't scratching up. I really hope it isn't Jennifer. Cause that's not cool. Um, cause I want you guys to be able to be a part of this. Okay. Um, continue the conversation discord.gg slash Opus Frere. Join them. They're an awesome group. They're lit. It's, it's amazing to see how this community has grown. I love these folks, Sarah, Nina, Tammy, Asia, man. I got, I got Miri. Is Miri on here today? I don't see Mary. Where are you, Mary? Mary's not here. There, there. Okay, Mary's here. Okay, um, Mary's here. Okay, but I, I you know, I love, I love my online family. I really do. You guys are amazing. You're awesome people, and so um, join our Discord community. Okay, it's lit. It's lit. Letitia, look at that. We got Anna. Good to see you, KD. What's good, KD? Love it. Love it. Okay. So guys, join our Discord community. Discord.gg slash opus frere. And again, prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Discord's free. You can just jump on. But of course, we have our exclusive groups on Patreon. And also we put out exclusive content on Patreon. But it's not really for the content, really. Those who support on Patreon, they just support what we're doing to make this possible. And what I love about my patrons is that they are generous people. This is all possible because of their support. So sometimes I'll be like, hey, you know, I might put this out, but this is exclusive to you guys. And the folks will be like, no, bro, let it go. Release it. We just want this word to get out. We want the message to get out. We want this vision to become a reality, to see people who are empowered and inspired by the word. And so, um, I love, I love my Patreon family because they're here to serve and they've made all this possible. So I thank them and we're trying to meet our patron goal. We're trying to hit that hundred, that additional hundred by the end of the year. So please pray prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Um, it doesn't seem like a big deal. $10 a month doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's huge. And so, uh, prayerfully consider, um, um, supporting us on Patreon. Something I needed to write. Um, <clears throat> and also, um, again, there's some things that I have in store planned for, for next year. I know we have one more, about a month and a half left, but by next year, we got some stuff that we're going to be doing and expanding both on discord and on Patreon, since they both, 
uh, coincide with each other. Once you become a patron on Patreon, you can link to our Discord. So anyway, um, well, you can link to our private communities on Discord, but we're looking to start forums, reading groups. Um, I also have a thing called Alpha. If you've been questioning your faith, you've been doubting, you don't know where you're at in your faith. Maybe you're not a Christian. It's for the agnostics. It's for the doubters. It's for the atheists. It's just a time for us to have a conversation. I'm not here to tell you you know, what's right and what's wrong. I'm not here to tell you, you know, whether you're right or you're wrong. I just want to engage in a conversation with you because there's so much that we can learn just through discussion. And so through talk and discussion, we can, um, we can journey together. And it's a powerful, powerful journey for those who are, who just don't even know where they're at in their faith. Maybe you grew up in church and you don't know where you're at with your faith. There's a bunch of folks who grew up in church that don't know where they're at in their faith. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're saved. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not gonna start getting lit now. But just because you go to church, it doesn't mean that you're a Christian. And don't confuse church people with Christians, please. Please, family. I should just do a TikTok on that. Okay. Please don't confuse church people with Christians. Okay, just because they go to church doesn't mean that they know Jesus. They're church people. And church people do church people things. But Christians, uh, they are transformed by the Spirit of God. A lot of folk know church. They know Bible. They know all the church lingo. They can speak to you in King James Version. But they don't know Jesus. That's why they're church people. But you see hate still in them. They're church people, but they're still stank. They're church people. But their attitudes are mm, because, again, they have not been transformed by the overwhelming love of Jesus. So please. Stop saying that Christians are doing X, Y, and Z. They're just church people. Church people do church people things, but Christians, man, they bring faith, hope, and love to the world. And if they ain't bringing that, sorry, y'all. And if they sound hateful, sorry, y'all. Just don't confuse church people with Christians, please. Okay. Not all, not all church people are Christians, but we hope that all Christians are part of the church <laughs> because they are. Uh, but anyway, that's just a side note, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm already ranting before we read. I'm not sorry, y'all. See, I'm getting, I'm lit. I'm all hot and stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Um, Jesus, take the wheel, Lord. Take the wheel, Lord. I love this time, y'all. I don't know why I've been so lit in the last couple of days, but uh, the title is wrong. And uh, I know I'm going to change it afterwards because I was rushing into it and now I can't change it. So I'm going to change it afterwards. So thank you. Thank you for the heads up on that. Uh, uh, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, be a fence. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're here to read. I'm, the reason why I'm chopping it up like this is because we're reading a really, really short book in the Bible. We're reading a two-chapter book. We're reading the book of Haggai. And today, as we spend time in the reading of the Word, I want us to do the same thing that we've been doing from Genesis to this point. I want us to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? The second question I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? We're posturing ourselves to hear from God. This is not Bible study. This is just a reading. I don't have time to exposit and exegete the text. 
we're just here to read and say, okay, God, what are you, what are you, what are you speaking into me today? And yes, I'll point out some things about what we're reading, but it's not necessarily a Bible study. Okay. Now there is one tonight and I will see you all tonight. I'm at seven 30 for Bible study tonight, but, but our time together here in the word is just a time of Bible reading. And so we're going to pray and then we're going to read and then we'll see where the Lord takes us. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together, Lord, to spend time in your word. Father, there are people from all over the world right now in this moment who are reading. There are people who will be reading with us later um, on our Patreon community. There are those who will be reading later on the podcast. Um, Whatever it may be, Lord, I ask that you would uh, speak to us, Lord, each and every one of us individually revealing the truth of who you are and your character. Father, I pray that something develops in us. I pray that we're inspired, Lord, to become more like you today as we spend time in your word. Bless us today, Lord, in this reading. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read, fam. Let's get to it. In Haggai chapter 1, it says this. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sworn much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I call for a drought on the land of the mountains, on the grain and and the new wine and the oil on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. 
So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Chapter two. In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, sorry, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the king, the high, sorry, the high priest, and to the remnant of people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in the eyes as nothing, in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all the nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine says the Lord of hosts, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests concerning the law saying, if one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edges and with, sorry, and with the edge, he touches bread or stew or wine or oil or any food. Will it become holy? And the priest answered, no. And Haggai said, if one is unclean because of a dead body, touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is this people. And so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. And now carefully consider from this day forward, from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days, when one came to heap 20 ephahs, there were but 10. When one came to to the wine vat and to draw out 50 baths from the press. But there were but 20 and struck you with blight and mildew and hail and all the labors of your hand. Yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. Consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, and the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you. Hmm. 
And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month saying, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. The word of God. I'm going to just be straight up honest with y'all. I ain't got time. (laughs) I ain't got time. For a lot of reasons, I ain't got time. Today, my intention is to go a little bit shorter, but my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. I'm reading this, and I have so many things that I want to talk about. (laughs) I'm reading this, and I'm going, oh, I can be here all day. I can be here all day. I'm going to be respectful of your time, of course, but I can be here all day. Shout out to all of y'all on TikTok, all of y'all on Instagram, all of y'all on YouTube, all of y'all on Discord, all of y'all on all the different platforms right now. That's why my head is swiveling everywhere because I'm trying to see all of y'all because, oh my goodness. But then I'm kind of doing this swivel because I'm seeing so much and I'm trying to see where the Lord is going to take us today. It's a beautiful thing. First of all, I want to say that when we do this read and rant that we spend just, you know, a portion of time reading and then to spend another portion of reflection. I call it a rant because my goodness, I'd be sometimes coming out of this going, that was just a hot mess of just stuff that I was just saying. If only you guys get to see my process out loud. <laughs> you get to see my process in a really, really weird and crazy way because I'm processing. But at the same time, I'm trying to communicate as I process to you so that you can see really what the Lord is speaking into me. But this is just an opportunity for you guys to also eavesdrop, not only on my process, but to use that as a, an opportunity to then walk into your own process when you spend time in the reading of the word as your posture like god you're asking well god what are you revealing concerning yourself like what are you what are you revealing about yourself what are you revealing about people your people the people you've called what are you revealing about people in general nations institutions government what are you revealing about that and and then god what are you revealing about me because i can tell you right now this word is living and active it's sharper than any two-edged sword it divides soul and spirit joint and marrow it is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart when you read this word the word should be checking you I'm sorry. I know I'm going into rant before I go into this, but I want to make sure you see where I'm at. You shouldn't just be checking the word, fam. The word should be checking you. If the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart, you're not just exegeting the scripture. The scripture is exegeting you. It's taking, uh, it's going to expose some things about you that need to be changed. It's going to expose some things about you that need to be transformed. It's going to expose some things about you that you should be encouraged about. It's going to expose some things that you didn't even know were there. 
I can tell you right now, this is why you don't read this text like you read some kind of, um, you don't read this text like you read some kind of um, literary text. It is literary in nature, and that's beautiful. And that's a cool exercise, but that's not the primary purpose of this text. The primary purpose of this text is for us to grow in our maturity, in our identity in Christ. That's what it's, that's the whole purpose of this text. That's the whole purpose of this collection of writings and collection of sayings and collection of letters and poems and books. The Bible is not a book. The Bible is a collection of writings. That's what it is. Collections of writings from different people in different periods, in different times. And if you treat this book like it's a book that was written, you know, by, you know, just, you know, if you treat this book as a book that was just written from chapter to chapter, from section to section, then you're not reading it right. This is a curated, a carefully curated collection of books by men who have been inspired but by people who have been inspired by God. Also, I will quickly point out to say this. No, I won't do that because then that's going to take me down a rabbit hole. Let me stop. Maybe I'll leave it for Bible study later because I was about to go down a whole rabbit hole that I don't want to go down to right now. Haggai. Hey, guy. Whatever you'd like to call it. Are we good on YouTube, by the way? Give me a thumbs up on YouTube because they're all saying that they're having audio problems. Let me know. Let me know. Just want to see a thumbs up to know that we're doing all right on YouTube. But let's talk. Let's talk, fam. What are we reading here? If we're reading a collection of books, what are we actually reading here? If you go to, thanks, Asia. If you go to First Kings, Second Kings, you go to First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. We we've read this. I'm not going to be a broken record today because I got so much I want to want to I want with a little bit of time that we have so much I want to speak into. But I want to give you context here. We read this already. We've seen what's transpired in Israel. Israel was unfaithful to the covenant that they had with God. And rather than bringing the justice of God, practiced idolatry and injustice. And we saw the consequence of that. And we've been reading all the prophets up to this point. We saw the consequence of it as we read through 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Israel fell. Israel was taken captive by Babylon. Israel was then taken captive by Assyria. Sorry, Assyria. Then Israel was taken care captive by Babylon. Then Israel was taken captive by Persia. Technically speaking, they just passed Israel along as just one of the, as the booty. <laughs> As the prize, as the property, these people were not treated as people, but as property. And all their stuff and possessions was taken, were taken away from them. Israel, after Babylon took over Assyria, Israel was passed on to Assyria. After, sorry, after Assyria was taken over by Babylon, 
It was passed over and then, of course, passed over to Persia, King Darius, same time as Daniel. There you go, Sarah. You got it right. Same time as Daniel. And so we read now. And so after we've read this, at the end of this, Persia then permits Israel to go back and to reestablish themselves as a nation in their own land. And if you recall, we read this because this happened in the time of the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra and Nehemiah was actually one book. Ezra and Nehemiah was one book. Um, we split it up into two and called it Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra is really part one, Nehemiah is part two. If you read that book, you'll see that at the beginning in Ezra, we see the children of Israel returning back to their land, what the scriptures call the remnant, returning back to their land to rebuild the land. And so, of course, we saw that um, um, Joshua was sent there um, as the priest. And also we saw Zerubbabel, who was going to govern that land, an extension there. And so Joshua would build up the people, Zerubbabel would build up the institution, and then Nehemiah would come in and rebuild the wall. Zerubbabel was called to rebuild the temple. Y'all remember this, we, we, we've, we've read all this stuff already, okay? And so that was Ezra and Nehemiah. And so as we've read through the prophets, reading through Amos, Obadiah, I hope you guys are seeing now how we're just reading everything that transpired in that time, but now from the perspective of the prophets, we're seeing it from a spiritual prophetic perspective. The, the other books gave us a historical perspective, but these now give us a prophetic perspective. We saw what transpired, but now we're asking, what is God saying in all of this? funny how sometimes we see things moving in history. We think we see things moving um, in time. We see governments and institutions, powers and shifts, not realizing that all the movement is a consequence of God, God's voice and God's will and God's speaking. God is at work. Even with all the stuff you see going down right now, God is at work. The tensions that you see between Ukraine and Russia, God is at work. We can take the CNN perspective, but prophetic people understand that there's something else behind the scenes instigating the things that we see that are transpiring even in history in this moment. Nothing happens by accident. It is not the passivity of God, but actually the activity of God that leads to all these things that we see transpiring from the stuff that we see transpiring in the East, the tensions between Iran and Israel, the tensions that we see in East Asia, the things that we see happening between North and South Korea, all these things that we see that are transpiring. Understand that God is at work. God is moving through that. Most people only read it from the historical perspective. Most people only read it from historicity. We got someone from Poland who just hit us up. 
Good to see you, Poland. Good to see you, Anna. Anna can see the things that are happening in Poland right now. All the tensions that are happening right now in Eastern Europe, sorry, in, in Western Europe and in the Northwest. You can see all these tensions and you can think, man, where's God in all this? Not realizing that God is actually active through it. God is actually speaking through it. And so that's all to say that when we're reading from um, from First Kings through Ezra and Nehemiah, what we're reading is the CNN perspective. We're just seeing what's happening. But when we read from, uh, from Isaiah on, we're reading it now from a prophetic perspective. What is God actually speaking? What is God actually saying? What is God actually doing in the midst of all of that? This is so critically important, fam. Because now we're noticing how these books are lined up. Now you see why all the prophets are lined up the way they're lined up. They're just following the history. Daniel was following when Persia, Daniel existed during a time when there was a transition of power from Babylon to Persia. And now Persia is sending the remnant, this Israelites, the children of Israel who were scattered all around the world back to Israel to rebuild the city. But if you remember, I remember saying this when we were reading through Ezra, we said that if you're going to rebuild a city, you have to rebuild the people. The beauty and the flourishing of the land is the presence of humanity. Human presence is what dictates where the land goes. A land can flourish or land can completely be destroyed simply because of the human that is present in it. This is why God created the garden. But then what did he say in Genesis chapter two? He put the man in the garden to tend it and to keep it. He put him in the garden to flourish it, to embellish it, to make it beautiful. Notice people make land beautiful. People are what determine territories. Florida is not Florida without Floridians. Florida is what it is because of the people in it. And often we want to build property and build structures and build systems and build governments. But what point is it? And we're getting closer and closer to my point now. What point is it to build territories without building up people? What point is it to build institutions without building up people? Build beautiful buildings without building up people. And so what God then spoke into Joshua was, teach the people my law again. So Joshua, the prophet, <clears throat> really the priest, sorry, Joshua, the priest, now returned back and began to teach people the covenant that they had with God. Because before we build these homes, we have to build the heart and the people. If you're not people first, none of it matters. And you know, the thing that's unfortunate is, and the question that I have, question I got for a lot of folk, 
And this is for the church folk, because I guess I'm going after church folk today. The question that I have for church folk is this. What's the priority? Is it your church building? Is it your church systems? Is it your organization and structure? Is it the building fund? Is it your brand? Or is it the people? What have you prioritized? Because you cannot have an impactful church without transformed people. And often we're looking to establish our buildings, institutions, and structures. But have we actually taken the time to rebuild and to restore and to participate in the healing of our people? You know, the problem is, is that sometimes our priorities get all shifted and twisted. And for that reason, we may have beautiful buildings and have nobody in it. There's a reason why. There's a reason why in post-Christian Europe, beautiful churches, I'm talking about amazingly beautiful church buildings, huge structures. Some of these buildings are priceless, y'all. Priceless buildings and structures have nobody in them. Because even though the buildings are beautiful, the people in it are broken. And as long as we don't prioritize the people who have been made in the image and the likeness of God, your buildings mean nothing. Nothing. Those structures mean nothing. None of it. Not not a single thing. It doesn't mean a single thing. If you want beautiful buildings, but you don't look to restore the people who have been made in the image of God, you're wasting your time. And we stopped. We stopped loving and building people. We stopped prioritizing what's going on in the heart of people. We stopped prioritizing what's going on in them. Joshua knew well, we're not building a single thing until we know what God's heart is for us and what God has called us to be and to do. Joshua was restoring the knowledge and the awareness of the covenant that Israel had with God. And so that's what Joshua does. I'm getting to Haggai. Don't worry, I'm getting there. Sorry, y'all. It's taking me some time. I told you I could be here all day with this because, man... I feel I feel stirred up about this because now that we're here and Joshua has taught them the law, he's given them the covenant. Zerubbabel now begins to go into building now the temple. Zerubbabel has been given the task and the responsibility of establishing the temple. The problem is is that once the people received knowledge of the law, that still did not transform them because it's not enough to know God's law. You have to be transformed by God's law. And rather than participating with Zerubbabel to go and build the temple, they went and built their own homes. Unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they did this because, again, God wanted to not just build the people, but he wanted to build his city and to build a city he wanted to build and call them to build the temple. And of course, this is following 
the law that was given that they ought to prioritize the temple over the home. Now, I don't have enough time to get into covenant theology and to tell you that this is not what matters for us today. But the principles behind it matter. Because now we don't build temples, we build people who are the living stones that build the temple. If you want to go back to Ephesians, we're going to eventually get this, get to this in Ephesians. Okay, so all my Ephesians folks will eventually get there when we get there because we're taking our time with Ephesians. But if the temple is the priority, then the people are the priority. I'm, I'm just jumping now. I, I ain't got time, so I got to jump to it. If the temple is the priority, then the people are the priority. And when we say the people, we're not talking about just the people in your own home. It's not just prioritizing your house, your finances, your property, your thing. It's not enough. But are you a blessing to others? Where is your priority? Like I, the reason why I say this is because we've we have a version of Christianity of the church that only preaches what's best for you. It's not to say that God doesn't have great things in store for you, but God's not restoring you for your own comfort and safety and power and influence for your own promotion. He's not promoting you just for you. He's doing it for his glory. And his glory is in his people. If God's glory is in his people, then if he has given you anything, it's for the sake of building up this kingdom, this temple, the people of God. We have, we have done as Israel has done here. They got the word. They were rebuilt in their knowledge of God. And then they ran back to their homes and made their homes beautiful. Ignoring that at the center of all this is the glory of Christ. Where are our priorities, church? I mean, just think about that. Like, Family, I know there's some folk who are here who are, you probably, you probably maybe never read the Bible and you're here with me and you're reading with me. I'm sorry. Go back and read through with us because this is how we got here. There's some folks who grew up in church now that are atheists that are here. Thank you for being here, man. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I, there's nothing I love more than just journeying through scripture with people who grew up in things that they, I guess that, that were called churches. <laughs> And I get it. I get it. There are people who are agnostic saying, you know, what? I'm just, I, or people who just say, I'm just spiritual because I, this church thing, because uh, you want to know something? A lot of the stuff that you probably grew up on wasn't even founded on the scripture. They just took little pieces and snippets here and there and told you, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then you realize, hold on a second, something doesn't smell right. And then once you started realizing, hold on, these people are just posturing their power over people. Hold up. Uh-uh, something ain't adding up here. This ain't right. 
and then you walked away from it. I get all that, fam. I get all that because you knew the church. You did not know Jesus. And it's not your fault because a lot of churches don't present Jesus. What they present is their own politics, their own power, their own philosophies, and their own doctrines. They don't actually present Jesus to you. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because there are people who have been hurt, manipulated by the church. Or by the stuff that they call the church. So I love it that we did a Bible study on the church. And I know some of y'all after that Bible study were like, so all the stuff that I've been doing in the church that they call church is not actually church because it's not biblical. <laughs> not to say it's wrong, but that's not what makes the church the church. And I'm glad that I'm doing this. This is why I do this, because once you journey with me in the scripture, like once you sit down and go, you know, now that I'm reading this for myself, this is a whole different story. This is a whole different thing. This isn't even what I, nobody told me this. Notice, I didn't tell you nothing. You read it for yourself. And I know we've skipped through a lot. So go back, check out the read and read. I encourage you to do it. Real talk. Like I do it for y'all. I really do it. You know, I, I do it for people who say, you know, I don't trust the church. I don't trust what this Bible says. This Bible, because you're going to start seeing this from a whole different light. Nothing we've read. And I want to make sure I point this out. Because I feel led to do this, even speaking to some folks right now who go, I don't even know if I trust this, this, this dude right now who's talking. Cool. Don't trust me, please. I'll say that right now. Do not trust me. Just read it. Like me, I'm just trying to get you to read it. After that, you can walk away. (laughs) Okay. Because anyway, this is another conversation for another day. But what I hope, even as you've been reading this, that you've been getting out of this is all of this is just a sliver of human history. It's, it's, it's a, it's a sliver of human history. What I mean by that is it's a, it's a fairly small period of time of a very chronicling a very specific group of people. Like, as you've been reading through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, number, notice it's a very specific people. These are the Hebrews. These laws and all this stuff that were written weren't even written to you. It was written to them. But in it being written to them, it exposes not only a Hebrew view of God, but a profoundly broad view of God and his heart and his mission what God is looking to accomplish and what God is looking to do. Their view of God was so different than anyone ever. There were older traditions before these Hebrews, by the way. (laughs) Oh Lord, we're going to cause trouble today. Okay. I I remember somebody was tweeting the other day and he said, oh, forgot who where I got it now. He said, there are people who still believe that the dinosaurs were in the Bible. <laughs> the dinosaurs were already extinct before the Bible was written. <laughs> and I was like, shh, stop it. <laughs> I think that's what I actually replied in the tweet. I replied, shh, you need to stop. <laughs> because people are going to get all twisted up and angry about that. The dinosaurs were already extinct? 
before the Bible was written? You mean there were extinction events that happened? It's almost like we ignore science. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I need to stop. Because somebody might be wrecked right now going, wait, what do you mean the Bible? As a matter of fact, this whole in the beginning stuff, people go, okay, it's the beginning of all time and all that. And then they think, okay, it's going to tell us about everything. No, the Bible does not tell us about everything. I feel like this is becoming a Bible study. The Bible tells us about God. <laughs> all right. That word, when it says fill the earth and subdue it, the word is actually not filled in the Bible. The word is actually to replenish, meaning the earth was filled before and now it's being, it was made empty and now it's being filled again. There were multiple extinction events before this, fam. Multiple iterations of the earth. And now in this iteration of the earth, God has breathed into humanity the breath of life, what Job called the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. And it's this breath that we have, the very spirit of God, the mind of God. And now you're reading this whole perspective of this. This is what you're reading, guys. All that stuff that they've been forcing on you and cramming into your, these, the stuff they take in the Old Testament that they're cramming into you, they're cramming it wrong. They're putting it into a wrong place. What they're, what they're missing is the point in what God is establishing. And I don't have time for all that. So I'm going to get to my point because I'm already going to be probably five to 10 minutes over time. I told you I got a lot I'm trying to unpack here. So please stay with me, fam. Please stay with me, okay? I'm sorry. I'm going to be late again. I'm sorry. Because there's a lot. It's funny how the small books are the ones that have so much. <laughs> it's the small books that have so much. <laughs> hey, guy. Has seen now. The temple. This, this, sorry, Haggai now has seen how they've received the teaching of the law, but have not lived out the law. They've prioritized their home over the temple. And because they prioritize their home over the temple, they have disobeyed the fundamentals of the covenant of God. This is why you cannot be individualistic because God isn't individualistic. You cannot simply think in that way. This whole idea of individualism is not biblical. It's not scriptural and it does not reflect the heart of God. This is what Haggai is exposing right now. As a matter of fact, the individual's heart is the problem. And when the individual's heart is transformed, it should lead to the healing of the nation. It should lead to the healing 
of the people. People must be healed when your individual heart is transformed. Your home doesn't just get better. Everything around you gets better. And so he rebukes them. Oh, you've clothed yourself, but no one is warm. He earns wages, but puts them into bags with holes. Because guess what? This is this speaks into who we are. I'm sorry, this is so much. This speaks into who we are. This is our heart. We do the same thing. We save money, we save money, we run to the end, and the money goes to the next person who saves and saves. And then next thing you know, we have a whole nation and a whole community of people who've amassed great wealth. But they haven't received their own flourishing. They haven't, they may be comfortable, but they're not at peace. They have semblances of happiness, but they're not really fulfilled. Just because they're wealthy, they're not really fulfilled. Just because you think they live the good life, it's not really the good life. They're bags with holes. And he calls the people back to obedience to build the temple. Ooh, family, family, family. Stay with me today. Because now he speaks about building the house of God. And Paul already tells us who the house of God is. The house of God is not the temple that you go to. It's not the building that you go to. The house of God are the people. That the people are built up a living house. But this house, notice what he says here. He tells them, go and build it. They go and build it and watch this. They don't like what it looks like. Isn't that funny? You go and you build the temple and then they look at the temple. And they're like, this temple don't, it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. <laughs> and then God says to him, I'm faithful. Keep on building. It doesn't look good right now. Keep on building. It's easy to look at what it looks like from the outside and say, man, we weren't built for this. We weren't called for this. We weren't. Nah, this isn't, this isn't me, man. I'm sorry. This is not looking good. God's like, no, keep on building. This really speaks to us who've been in ministry. I know I got pastors on here too. I got the agnostics. I got the atheists. I got the pastors and the bishops. I got them all up in here. I love that you guys are here. I love that you guys message me. I got so many of these brothers of the faith who message me and say, hey, brother, keep on going. I'm like, yes, thank you. I need it. Thank you. I need the encouragement. Thank you. And, and so I want to speak to you now for all the pastors and all the prophets and all the apostles who message me to encourage me. I want to encourage you today. There are those of you right now. Hear me, fam. There are those of you right now who feel like, man, I've been working on this forever and it's not working out. I've been working on this for as long as I know. And it just, it doesn't, it's not looking good. Well, I came to tell you today, God says, trust the process. Trust the process. As a matter of fact, how it's going to turn out is not going to be determined by your ability, but by the grace of God. You give it everything you've got. Even when it doesn't look good, keep on going. Keep on striving. Keep on building. Let the grace of God do the rest. God will put together the things that you can't. 
But for now, he wants you to be faithful in it. Pastor, he wants you to be faithful. The community that you're building, it's messy. It's ugly. It doesn't have the stuff. It doesn't look right. You you don't know when this thing is going to be running well. You don't know when it's all going to come together. You feel like you're not doing it right and it doesn't look good. Pastor, keep on going. It looks, it doesn't look pretty. It almost looks like it's in shambles. It doesn't look like it'll hold up. It looks like it's going to fall apart, Pastor. Keep on going. Keep building. There's a coming glory that's coming in God's house. He says in chapter two, verse four, yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, and be strong, all you people in the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, work, put in the work, keep putting the work. I Man, let me tell you, there's nothing and I'm sorry if I say this and don't think I hate my job, but ministry can be discouraging, yo. It can be discouraging. You put time, effort, and energy into people who end up backbiting you. You put time, energy into people who end up walking away. They may end up gossiping against you. They may end up talking behind your back. They may end up going back to the things that you thought that they had successfully moved away from. They are, they're, they're, they've, they've backslid in, they've, they've done it all. And you're going, man, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not doing this right. It just doesn't look like what I expected it to look like. Family, keep going. You have no idea how many times I've said this to myself. I don't know if you you know how many times I've said, I don't think I was made for this. Because these people just think it's just not working out. Everything I'm envisioned just doesn't look like what I thought. It's not, it's not coming together. How many times have we told ourselves that? How many of us have actually talked ourselves out of the calling of God? out of discouragement for what it looks like. Family, you keep going because God is still at work through you. It was never about you. It was about your faithfulness to him. He says, and work. Why? For I am with you. This is the confidence that we have, family. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it don't look the way you want it to look. What matters is that he's with you. <clears throat> I hope somebody's hearing me. What matters is that he's with you in it. At the end of the day, that's what's most important. People are going to be people. People are going to do people things. But God will be with you. And that's all you need. He's covenanted with you. This is the faith that you have. I don't care if it's your business. I don't care if you've been trying to raise up people in the faith. I don't care what it is that you've been called to do. If God called you to do it, keep on going. Keep on working. If you have a conviction to know that God said, this is what God wants me to do. This is what I've been called to do. If that is what he's given you, keep on going. Why? Because God says this in, this, in, in the same way that he said it to Haggai. And when Haggai prophesied it to the children of Israel, he said, work 
for I am with you. You keep on working. You keep on going, no matter how dark it is, no matter how bad it seems, keep on going. Even if you are in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't need to fear anything because he is with you. That's the comfort you have, is that when you do what God is calling you to do, know that God is with you and that is good enough. He's with you, family. And that's good enough. But he also says this, and I close with this. I know why I'm late today because we started late because I had issues with our system. But hey, we're back. He says this. Even if you're touching clean things, clean things don't make the things you touch holy. That's what we see in chapter two. So just because you're touching clean things, clean things don't make the things you touch holy. Ah, but if you're touching unclean things, unclean things will make the things that you touch unholy. Such a powerful truth there. The powerful truth in it is that you don't get to do the finishing work. God does that. However, where you are in your heart can erode what God is doing with your hands. So as you work and trust God for the work, make sure you have a clean heart. Because if you don't have a clean heart, you'll have dirty hands. And if you got dirty hands, no matter what you build, it's going to come out dirty. And I've always prayed this, even now as I'm planting a church in Tampa, I, I pray this for myself and I'm praying this for every one of you. This is the conviction that I have is that I have to trust God with the process, but I also have to come to God with clean hands because if I'm building something with dirty hands, it's going to come out dirty. So I have to pray and ask God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in me so that when I touch what you're calling me to build, that it will be primed and ready for what you want to do to finish the work to it. So today, family, keep on working. Work with a clean heart. Work with clean hands. That's going to be our episode title today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given us today, Lord God, that you've allowed us to come here. Father, reorient our heart towards you, Father, reorient us that we may be and do what you've called us to be and to do, to remain confident in it, even when it doesn't seem like it's going right. And Lord, give us clean hands that those who are touched by us, Lord, will receive the fullness of your grace and mercy. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, it's good to see you all. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to leave this up on YouTube. Again, I don't know how long I'm going to be, I'm going to be leaving YouTube 
messages up or videos up. I'm going to make this available right away on Patreon. Please consider supporting us on Patreon. Prayerfully consider that, y'all. Um, your support is what makes all this possible. It's the reason why I can come here. But we're done with Haggai, guys. And we are going to be moving to Zechariah. If you're looking to support us on Patreon, just click the link in the profile. Click the link in the bio. I know that some folks are putting the link right now on Discord. Um, click the link. <clears throat> um, or just go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. We are praying to meet our goal uh, before the end of the year. Also, join our Discord community. That's free discord.gg slash opus frere discord.gg slash opus frere and i also want to encourage you text me 954-231-1848 954-231-1848 i look forward to seeing you all tomorrow we're gonna finish the bible this week this is cool y'all we're gonna finish the bible this week god willing all right love y'all i will see you guys tomorrow and, oh no actually i'll see you guys tonight we have Bible study. It will be just with our patrons. Um, it'll be on Discord. So definitely make sure you join our Discord community because Bible study will be on Discord. We're going to, um, it'll be a little bit shorter since we have a crazy week ahead of us, but it's going to be a Bible study regardless. So I want to make sure that we make some progress through the book of um, clean heart, clean hands. I love it. Um, we'll make sure that we, you know, we, we get some, some work in. So join us tonight. Bible study is at 7.30 tonight. So join us tonight um, and we're going to keep on working, but it'll only be on Discord, okay? I might jump on for a few minutes here just to redirect you guys to Discord, but I'm only going to be focusing on Discord tonight, all right? Love y'all, fam. God bless you guys. Peace out.